content of this podcast is provided as general informational purposes only. It is not intended for, nor should it be used to replace professional behavior intervention and advice. This is Sissy. And this is Susan, and we are Function Junction. Behavior matters. It sure does. <laughs> you know what else matters? I don't. Yes, I do. A lot. Well, yes, of course you do. Getting back into school after a summer break. Oh my gosh. No kidding. Welcome back, everybody. I'm sure parents are thrilled that school is back in session. And I know teachers are excited to see their kids and behavior analysts are excited to see kids as well and administrators and all of that. So we hope you had a great summer. Yeah, this morning, Joe and I were out on a walk because I didn't have to go to a school today. And we saw this dad trying to get his two kiddos into the car. Mm. And the little girl was just moving ever so slowly. And you could tell it was on purpose and it was so adorable. Uh And the dad looked up and said something to us and we just said hello. And then she looked at us and, you know, we greeted her. And then all of a sudden her her uh, attitude changed and her dad's like, so you're getting the car now. Okay, great. Uh I just had to laugh. That was too precious. And I thought, I love to see a little girl with a little bit of attitude because, you know, that's what's going to change the world. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I know I'm going to see my great niece and my great nephew this weekend. Thankfully, they don't start school yet because they live in Maryland and it starts later. And I'm so excited to be able to spend time with them and not have to see them going to school because Cooper's going to be a kindergartner. And I know that freaks my niece out. But anyway, everybody, we hope you had a great summer. and We're excited to be back and be hosting some podcasts. We are. You know, it's it has been a busy summer and hot in Texas. Texas has been really, really hot. And I think also, I don't know about other places, but Texas has definitely been making sure they're getting teachers trained or are trying to and, um, you know, understanding that it's not easy to find all the teachers that are needed. No, it's not. And it's not easy to find all the teachers and the ones that we have are so awesome. I, Sissy, I know you and I together did, oh my gosh, at least probably 20 trainings together. If I mean, maybe right around 15 to 20. And I know I did a bunch also. And uh, I've met some of the neatest people. I was in the district last week. I'll give them a shout out, Montgomery ISD. They had some of the nicest people in the training sessions. And I was so excited that one of the training sessions was a room full of police officers. And they were awesome. They knew our kids. They had great questions. That was one of the definite highlights of last week. But anyway, you know, as we think about ABA, we think about, you know, a lot of the concepts that are applied and how they need to be applied systematically and with fidelity and how sometimes that's difficult to do in a public school. And I know, Sissy, you've been thinking about a concept that is really interesting and definitely needs to be taught systematically. Well, I think about, you know, we have a lot of terms in ABA and we get very specific with them and we have to be specific with them, like you said, to make sure that the interventions that we're doing are systematic and uh, that they're done with fidelity. And so uh, we have vocabulary. We, you and I, want to make sure that 
we say things in a way that everyone can understand because behavior change happens everywhere and with everyone. And I think of one of the concepts that we don't really have to think about for the most part with typically developing children. Um, We talk about stimulus equivalents. And uh, so there are a few parts to stimulus equivalents. So reflexivity is that idea that if I see an apple, then the next apple I see, I know it's an apple. You know, A equals A. Apple equals apple. Got it. Dog equals dog. Cat equals cat. All that good stuff. So because some children don't do that. I remember a little guy that I worked with many years ago. He wasn't on the spectrum, but he had a significant developmental disability. And he called all men daddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he, he in fact was using that as the word man. You know, and if it had been man, that would have been reflexivity. Yeah. And then you have the word symmetry, which means I understand that A equals B. So a child learns apple and then sees a picture of an apple and says apple, you know, mm-hmm. without any direct instruction. I just think about like maybe you see the color blue and you've been trained and taught to point to blue, point to blue, point to blue using the same stimulus, right? Right. Remember, we had a little girl who you know, um, who's now in middle school. And when she was real little in uh, early childhood special education, her teacher taught her that, taught her colors with the same stimuli. And then one day I was in the classroom and I brought over like a, I don't know, a blue pen or a blue piece of paper or something different than what she had been taught with. And she couldn't point to blue. Right. Right. That's all the time with our kids. She didn't have that symmetry, you know, the the stimulus equivalence of symmetry. I, I, you know, I, I have a question that involves using the name Grayson. That's the name of a great nephew of mine that I love dearly. And I remember being with him at probably not yet two years old, walking along with he and his mom. And we walked past the wall at a restaurant that was orange. And he looked and said, orange. And Uh she said, I didn't know he knew the color orange yet. (laughs) Uh You know, and not only did he know the color orange, but he recognized it now on this wall, not Uh just, you know, in the crayon that the teacher had given him at daycare or the or the paper or the wherever the teacher had presented it. So, yeah, that is definitely some symmetry there. There are two stimuli that you are understanding that they are the same. Right. And then transitivity is the idea that you didn't just get that (laughs) A equals B and B equals C. So A must equal C. So you've been taught that party is fiesta and you've been taught that a party is something you do for your birthday. And so then when it's someone's birthday, you ask them if they're having a fiesta. So you've you've taken there are basically three, at least three pieces, and you've made the leap on your own without training. And kids do that all the time. I guess we do that all the time. I think about a story that we've told in the past about that idea that you should Text someone before you call them, right? Mm-hmm. That's a new rule. And nobody had to teach that to us. We went, oops, wait a minute. 
new rule has formed, the stimulus equivalents just happened for us. And you see that with children all the time, particularly about things they're interested in. You know, if they love airplanes, then everywhere that they see airplanes, they're labeling them and they are trying to find reasons to talk about them. And they may even ask, are we going to go on an airplane? You know, when you haven't even said how you're going on the trip and you're thinking, wow, how did they make that leap? And those are things that not kids with autism don't always do. You just mentioned the little girl not knowing blue. And uh, they they just learn things so differently. And I, I don't know what made me think of this, but I used to work with a little boy at home. And every day on the way home from school, they would pass Dollar General. And sometimes they would go in to Dollar General. And mom would just pull in the parking lot. No big deal. We're going to go to the dollar store or whatever. But evidently, the way the trees or the buildings or something covered up the words Dollar General, he learned it as Dawa Gen. And I think it had something to do with the D-O-L-L. Maybe it was covering up part of it. And he viewed that as a W. So it was Dawa, and then the R wasn't there, and then E-R-A-L was missing from general. So he would say, I want to go to Dawa Jen, Dawa Jen. He'd always get so upset. And finally, one day his mom pulled into Dollar General, and he was like, yay, Dawa Jen, Dawa Jen. And she was like, I can't believe I just now figured out what he was talking about. But it just goes to show our kids learn things so differently than kids who are neurotypical. I mean, I remember Matthew for the longest time, he had asked for his brother to get him some milk. He said, milk, please. And his brother got him a cup of juice because it was too much hassle, I guess, to get the milk. And for years, Matthew knew juice was milk and milk was juice or thought Mm -hmm. milk and milk, milk, you know, and so our kids just learn really differently. And I think you know, I know that's a, something we talked about a lot this summer is the neurology of autism and how, you know, our kids just think and learn differently. And we have to be really systematic. And so, you know, stimulus yeah. equivalence is really, really important because that's not. Yeah, because if they're not making that leap that A equals B or that B equals C and A equals C, we have to help them with that. Uh, and make sure that they do have all of that together because we want them to grasp. But I do wonder if in time there will be people with autism who will teach us more about the way people with autism learn Mm -hmm. and it will become easier and easier for us because Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we teach for the most part the way we learned. It makes sense to us. This, This is how we did it. This is how we're going to help them. So we basically have defined our own learning and then try to overlay those concepts for people with autism. But I do think they are neurologically different and we're going to get better and better at it. And there's just so you guys know, there's some really great people who have social media presence like Lauren Snow, L-O-R-E-N Snow has a good media presence and he talks a lot about how he thinks and learns differently. He's got a really good video on just his inability to understand and recognize complex emotions. And then there's a a lady who's present, her social media name is Agony Auti, A-U-T-I-E. And we show a lot of videos from her, but you can just go on YouTube and type in person with autism and you can learn so much. Anyway, 
Yeah. Well, I think too, like Temple Grandin for some or so long ago telling us that she thinks in pictures. And then if you say cat, what comes to her mind are specific cats that she has seen. And so that is very insightful and helpful for us. This is not the same as stimulus equivalents, but it's a funny story that's sort of like that about a friend growing up. Um, She would ask her mom to do something and her mother would say, suit yourself. And, you know, she would you shoot, suit yourself. And finally, the little girl said, I will not shoot myself. <laughs> she was, mishearing. you know, she was trying to make sense of what she heard. And she had not heard the phrase suit yourself or understanding of how to apply that. This was not a person with autism. This was just a, a typically developing quite bright uh, woman when she was a child. But, you know, that children do that. They try to make sense of what they hear. But at least she was able to get some clarity once she said to her mother, I will not shoot myself. <laughs> oh, she's no, probably, no, no, no. She's probably been wondering for years, why is mommy telling me to shoot <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So well, we want to try to make some of the terminology that people hear uh, with it within ABA, something that is easy to understand. And that's why we were talking about stimulus equivalents today. And, you know, we also have little games in our minds when we're learning this in the beginning as to help us remember that. And so for me, with reflexivity, I think about reflect and a mirror. And so I look in the mirror and what is back coming back out of the mirror is exactly the same thing. So that's A equals A. Super. And then there are two M's in symmetry. So I know there need to be two stimuli that I'm going to say I know are the same, like the picture of the apple and the actual apple. I know that both of those are apple. Hmm. That's a great and, way. Oh yeah, how, do, how do you remember symmetry? Or I mean, I'm not as creative as you. I don't have ways to remember things. Like that. That's probably why you're smarter than me. I am not smarter than you. Probably the fact that you don't need to make up little tricks of how to remember this stuff may, means you are smarter than me. And that's cool. Um, what about transitive? Well, I, I kind of think about transform. I don't know if this is how other people do it, but it had, it transformed the understanding, you know, from just A equals B and B equals C, that A equals C, it transformed that whole concept quickly. Maybe that might not be what works for other people. But the other piece would be is if you do, you see your own child having some difficulty with these concepts and not just and not just coming automatically, then you might think about it. Are they where they should be? Because a lot of kids, it is not unusual for a child to learn the word dog and then every animal is a dog. That's that's that is there is a time when that is typical development. Yeah. Not something to run to your doctor about and say, do we need to have an autism evaluation? But, uh, you know, if they're if you think about other children their age, are they still doing that or have they moved on? Then those are things you might ask someone about. And and early intervention is critical. So the sooner you know, the sooner we can get in there and start trying to um, help them learn. And if the child is three or older, they can be tested by the public schools. If they're younger than three, there are ECI systems that will help you get your child tested and get some intervention going early. Certainly, if you've had insurance, you you could rely on that as well if they're not even three yet. But the earlier, the better if you, yeah. if you 
see that early childhood intervention ECI is a great support for families and the transition to you know three-year-old and beyond services through the public school is usually really really supportive and great so anyway and it's also a great area for IEP development oh absolutely if you're if you're seeing that they are not grasping the, all of those concepts you want to have some goals and objectives that revolve around that so that you know they have a strong understanding of concepts if we think of stimulus as the concept and stimulus equivalence and understanding in all forms yes i got that so i do have a question okay. that sort of goes along with it's a, it's a little bit about grayson and it's a little made up so it's okay but it's pretty close when grayson started talking he quickly learned the word cat because his family has three cats that he enjoys playing with at about the same time he would point to pictures of cats in magazines and say cat without any instruction. When he started school and began to learn to sound out words, the first time he sounded out cat, he said the word and then said, I have three cats at home. Their names are Ebony, Ryan, and Lucius. The stimulus equivalence displayed when he pointed to the picture of cat is A, reflexivity, B, symmetry, C, transitivity, or D, learnability? Well, I think that's a great question. And I would rule out learnability because we <laughs> talk about that one. And I'm not sure that that's really a word. It's not uh, an ABA term, yes. <laughs> and so I'd rule out B, D, learnability. And reflexivity is like you said, reflection. And you would just know an apple is the same as an apple, right? A red apple and you have a red apple and you match and you put them together. So rule out reflexivity. C, transitivity. It's not like someone said an A a cat is a feline and a feline can be a tiger. So a cat is a type of tiger. Nobody that didn't. Right, right. There's not, there aren't three pieces at least. That's one way I can rule it out. There are not three concepts happening here that he made the leap to Right. Um, so, so, yeah, I can it, take that one out. So it must be symmetry because Grayson has cats and then he is able to see cats in a magazine and say, I have three cats at home. So yeah. it must be symmetry. And I, I don't know. I feel like. Well, that one, the re- one of the reasons that one's a little bit tricky is that I say the stimulus equivalence displayed when he pointed to the picture of cat. So we have to go back up there to just that part of the question. Yes. It doesn't, it doesn't. The fact that he read the word cat and immediately made the connection wasn't a part of it, but. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He sees the picture, of he has cats. He sees the picture of the cat and he says cat, even though nobody has shown him pictures of cats. And then, you know, even taking this step further, he can say, I have three cats at home. Yeah, yeah. So he clearly comprehends the word cat. So B, symmetries. Yes. So B symmetry is the correct answer. And some people like me might also view that as generalization. And we would look at that as stimulus generalization, right? So it would be seeing two different stimuli and recognizing cat, unlike the little girl that I mentioned when she pointed to blue with a particular stimulus, she got it right. But then when you showed her a different stimulus that was blue, she didn't get that right. So yeah. 
Yeah, stimulus equivalence is critical for generalization, right? Which is critical for being able to have your needs met and understand the world around you. If you're not generalizing skills, you're not going to be able to use them in different places. And then and then you're stuck. (laughs) We had a friend who was talking about her little fella. She sent a video of her son riding a bike without training wheels. And she said, you'll hear. And she tells exactly where on the video his MO, which is motivating operation. And he basically says, daddy said, when I can ride my bike without training wheels, he'll get me a new bike. And I'm like, yeah. So, you know, those of us who are all into the whole ABA terminology, we're always finding it everywhere. And it is, um, that was the motivating operation for learning to ride the bike without training wheels. But also bike riding is we're throwing in too many of our ABA terms, but I think it's great to think of them this way. It is a behavioral cusp. And those are those skills that lead to more reinforcers. So if he can ride his bike, then he can ride down to a friend's house and he can uh, maybe learn to do some tricks on his bike. So he's opened up access to more and more reinforcers with that one skill. So anyway, Great question, everybody. Well, we hope that you are getting settled in in the new school year. I know a lot of school districts haven't started yet, but I'm pretty sure everybody's back to work. So hopefully we'll see some of you soon. And uh, I know it's going to be a great year. So look forward to some really, really great conversations with folks who are masters in the world of post-secondary outcomes. And we've got a great lineup scheduled for you guys. I do. I'm looking forward to everybody getting to hear from some of the cool people we've gotten to talk to over the summer. Yeah, it's been great. Anyway, bye everybody. Have a great school year. See you soon. Talk soon. Bye. Bye.